This is the Living Fearless Today podcast, a show that helps men like you and me who are struggling to get unstuck and overcome fear to live confidently and courageously. I'm your host and transformation coach, Mike Forrester, helping you create the change you want now. Join me as I interview men who've conquered their challenges and soared to success as they spill their secrets on how they live fearless today. Well, hello and welcome back, my friend. And this week, I'm sitting down with Dr. Kendrick Bailey. So Kendrick is the COO of iProgress. He's an author. The man has many, many hats that he's wearing. He's keeping busy, <laughs> but he has a huge heart for, uh, you know, helping young professionals just to see, you know, themselves in a healthier place. So find that healing that they're after that, uh, you know, we don't understand how to get to. So Kendrick is the man that, that helps to bridge that and bring that understanding. So Kendrick, how are you doing today, my friend? I'm, I'm doing great. How are you? Doing fantastic. Thank you. Well, Kendrick, if we can start off, um, what does life look like for you today on the business side of life? Okay. Well, I get the opportunity right now business-wise to help people kind of navigate their lives and, and heal from whatever personal struggles they have. Um, for me, I think it's a, a privilege because I walk that same path. Um, I can try to help people catch themselves faster or help them understand their experiences um, to help them shift, you know, towards, I guess, forgiveness and, and moving past whatever traumatic experiences they may have. And tra- trauma comes in different forms. And so the individuals that I work with kind of shape what that means. Um, and I just kind of help them make understanding of what it is, but also um, understand their power through that process. Very cool. Um, you've also, you're, you're working with young professionals. You've got some organizations that, uh, that you're spearheading. Can, can you talk a little bit about that as well? Okay. Yes. Yeah, so I, I work with a lot of, um, I work with a lot of, therapists and professionals, also um, young men in the context of kind of mentoring and guiding. I think it's a gift and a privilege, the work that I do. And I help people understand the, the, the purpose of giving and receiving. Um, because if we stay in any state too long, whether if, I, if I'm in the giver too long or if I'm in the receiver too long, I become out of balance. And so the giver has to learn how to receive and the receiver has to learn how to give in order to, to maintain a healthy wellness in their life. Um, and, and by understanding that they can do both, um, it helps to keep them grounded. And, and so it kind of shapes what I do uh, on the mental health side, but it also kind of shapes what I do in workshops and trainings and also working with, you know, with other professionals and finding, you know, their path in the entrepreneurial world. If we can, let's take a sidestep. I mean, you touched on something really powerful there. Um, What at like the extremes, both as somebody that can 
give but not receive and somebody that can receive but not give, what's the risk or the, you know, like the danger of being only able to do one action without the other? So bitterness, entitlement, and unforgiveness. Hmm. Because if on either end, we can get frustrated with our current posture. Uh, if I if I only know how to receive, I can get frustrated and angry because no one's helping. Or I can be enabled by other people. And that frustrates me because, you know, I feel entitled to that. And the giver is understanding, you know, kind of the purpose of giving. A lot of people give out of guilt. And when they don't receive the same thing in return, Sometimes it turns to bitter, sometimes it turns to anger, sometimes it turns to frustration, and it causes them to lose sight of what their purpose is uh, because they think the people that they give to are the ones that are supposed to return the gift back to them. And most of the times that's not the case. You know, the people we help or bless, you know, most oftentimes aren't the ones that return it. It's often other people that we're led to that return the favors for us. Um, and I guess understanding that giving really comes from the heart and not from what you can receive in return so much. Okay. And then is it common to see people that are able to like give or serve, but are afraid to ask for help? Like, they have a problem receiving, but they're also having a, a problem asking for help. Is that common? Oh, it, it's very common. And it's especially in the helping profession. So they think of the helping profession is teachers, pastors, counselors, um, doctors, nurses. You know, we're so used to having the answer and not having someone else be an answer for us that we lose that ability to connect with someone that has something for us and we may not know how to ask for it. Um, and one, that's one of the things that I had to learn because growing up, I grew up in a single parent household. You know, my mom raised me and my twin brother and I always took on the father archetype. I was a father to everybody in, in the context of that's how I took care of people. I would think about what I would want, and then that's what I would give to other people. But I was doing it for me, you know, not for them. I was, and I'm thinking the whole time I'm giving them something, but I'm really giving my, I'm really giving myself something. But I didn't recognize it until later on. Yeah, and I, I'm assuming that's like where bitterness really starts to come in is when yeah. you're giving mm -hmm. what you see somebody needs, but then you're not in a position receiving what it is that you're you're giving and you need just as much right yeah and i wasn't receiving it because i wasn't asking i'm just thinking because i'm doing this people are gonna naturally do it back for me and and that's just not how life works you know we have to really ask for what we want or what we need and then we can receive it yeah Absolutely. And, and I'm sure you can pick out the fact that that was exactly the path that, that I used to take. It was like, why is nobody not doing this back? It's like, well, did you ask? No. Yeah. <laughs> and that's the frustration. The frustration, like, 
I'm doing this. Why is it coming back? And that's when the light bulb sometimes goes off. Oh, I got to look in the mirror. Yeah, exactly. Well, let's jump back. And uh, what does life look like for you today on the personal side? So on the personal side, I have a, I own more of my time now. And, you know, for most of my life, you know, being in the military since I was 17 and I'm 40 now. So most of my life has been given toward the military. And for about 17 years, that was kind of the main focus, even though I had a lot of personal things going. But now my wife, my kids, um, my wellness, a lot of that's what I focus on now uh, because, you know, giving them my time is, I, to me, is one of the greatest you know, gifts or rewards because at one time I didn't always have that. Yeah. How are you able to, you talked about like with the military, how are you able to show up in that space and use like your training as far as a, a doctor? How does that um, help you out in that environment? Because I mean, you're surrounded by people that, you know, we're, we're told in that environment normally like buck up, move <laughs> on, you know, you, you don't yeah. display your emotions. Yeah. And at one time that was, that was me. <laughs> I think one of the, and I, I, I'm going to tell you a story, but I'm going to shift back real fast. One of the strangest one, and I call it strange now, but one of the, the things that kind of changed my life. And I tell this story all the time now is I was in comeback and we had, we had lost someone and I was in a room full of men and everybody was crying and I'm in a room full of men looking around if it's okay to cry and I couldn't cry. It's not because I didn't want to. I didn't know it was okay to. And so, you know, now um, I lead by serving because I think I have a servant leadership mentality. Mm -hmm. My job is to always take the pressure off of the people that I lead and kind of, you know, give them the overarching, you know, vision and just kind of shape the plan and help them understand all pieces of it. But I give them as much responsibility as I have, because the more I give to people, the more they own it. And it empowers them that they can run something that I run. And so I adopted that mentality as I evolved as a leader. Because when I started out, I thought leadership was about knowing everything. And that's not it. You have a, a staff that's created for you to help, you know, guide some of your decisions, but also um, help you be responsible and respect um, what you're doing. And so by respecting everybody's opinion and what they, what they bring to the table, it allows me to, I guess, you know, teach while I'm leading. And then it allows other people to teach me too. Because I tell people whatever role I'm in, if I'm the leader, I go back to the person that I'm leading and I take their position or their take. That way I understand what their experiences are as I'm understanding mine. So I don't get too far out of, you know, out of, out of whack. It, it keeps me grounded, but it helps me stay focused on the goal ahead. How do you take that servant leadership heart and mindset and just behavior? How do you take that and overlay it at, home, like with your wife and your children, how does that look? Because that's, 
you picked out your wife, your children were picked out for you kind of deal. <laughs> um, but you know, you don't have um, that same structure that you would yes. in the military. How do you, how do you work that out at home? First, I have to leave all those roles that I have outside of home, outside of home. Like my wife say, you can't be the officer at home. You can't be the therapist at home. And and I have a really strong wife and I have really strong kids. And the beauty of that is, you know, sometimes what I see in my kids used to frustrate me. But then as I look deeper into my kids, I was like, well, you got those same qualities. And so it's it's the mirror again. It's teaching me the lesson that, all right, get being frustrated is not going to be the answer to resolving this. Understanding and empowering, you know, their strength and their voice. Even if they're being stubborn, it's empowering. Hey, my daughters are strong. They they got a voice. They can tell dad, you know, how they feel. And I'm like, so I started to admire what used to frustrate me. And then we have more dialogue around it. And even with my wife, with my wife being strong, is how do we understand each other? So relationally, and this can be with anybody, we typically play tug of war relationally. With anybody we come in contact with, if we're trying to get them to see our stance, the important thing that I learned relationally is we have to understand that we don't have to struggle for power we can be in agreement even if we disagree about things. It's just respecting the power of everybody's choice and decision, which is a gift to have your own choice. Because we all have different perspectives, but we spend more time trying to convince people than understand them. And I think that's what causes so much, you know, so many challenges when we think about communication. And so I, as I get older, I shift relationally to understanding instead of trying to get people to see that I'm right or trying to point out that they're wrong. Yeah. Because they could be right from their perspective. Yeah. Even if it's uh, 180 degrees different than ours, you can still show respect. Um, yes. It's just one of you. You may have to step back emotionally and, uh, you know, take a different vantage point, just like you talked about earlier, stepping into the role of who you're leading and seeing mm-hmm. things from, from their perspective. Um, I'd imagine that's kind of the same thing you're doing there. Um, you had talked about the mirror a couple times. Can you explain like what that means and, and how you, how you use the mirror? Okay. So, so I look at the mirror as reflection. So reflection always allows you to look at, you know, kind of where you've been. The key with looking at your past is you can identify patterns and you can identify all the times you made decisions to do certain things. And reflection to me is empowering because it reminds me that I have the choice to choose, but it also shows me the lapse in, in maybe my decision-making process. And so if I continue to make decisions based off the same, you know, processes, then I repeat the same patterns. But if I learn to modify, you know, my decision-making process sometimes, and that's more of how I look at the perspective, 
as long as you know you're able to get a deeper meaning you know out of life and so when life a lot of times we blame instead of you know taking ownership so i learned ownership is more important than blame because blame implies intentionality so if I blame someone, that means that they woke up this day and they plan to carry out the things that they carry out and they may not have done that. They just own their portion of what happened. So the mirror for me has the answers and I am the answer for the things that I want to be involved in. Um, a lot of times we don't recognize that we have the answer because we're so focused on external answers. We're so focused on looking external, like looking out a glass or looking out a window to find answers. And you're often, you know, you get confusion when you find someone else's answer. But you only can find your answer in the mirror because you have to deal with you. And most of the time, we're our own worst enemy um, because we made 100% of our decisions, you know, in our lives. You know, whether somebody may have coerced us or given us, you know, some type of manipulation, we still made the decision. So how did you like get to this point of seeing like I have ownership, you know, stepping and looking at the mirror? Like what what brought you to that place of coming to the realization of, you know, taking the the accountability, the responsibility <laughs> and then choosing to to step into that? and say, it's me. Like, how did you get there? <laughs> My mom used to tell me all the time growing up, you know, I was from Missouri, the show me state. And I was like, well, what, what does that mean? I was like, that doesn't make sense. So my experiences made me gain wisdom because I heard this pastor say we learn two ways. We learn through instruction or by our experience. Now, instruction is the faster way to learn, you know, experience. That's the long way. And so and I, I really believe that because you know, I look at all the things that I was involved in. I was like, yep, I learned through experience. I, I took the long route. So that's why it's so easy for me to talk about the things that, that you know, people may struggle with now, because at one time I may have had that same experience. And this is what my process was like. And this was this is how I felt during that time. And this kind of what I thought about. And these are the things, you know, that that I cried out, you know, why me? You know, or is their fault? Or they did this. And at the end of the day, none of that changed my situation. But when I changed my posture and how I approached it, you know, then my results changed. And it doesn't, it didn't mean that I didn't still face challenges. Is that the challenges wasn't as big or they didn't hit as hard as they did when I pointed the finger, you know, at someone else. When I held myself, you know, not to a high standard, but I just held myself accountable. I understood, yep, Kendrick, you probably should have turned left right here instead of, you know, going right. Um, so if you encounter this again, you know to go left. Gotcha. And so, um, it's it's just a it's just more trial and error, and then through trial and error, somehow I just started to get I guess wiser. Uh, I won't say it was so much of school, 
I tell people that, you know, having a doctorate degree was really about finding other doctors to motivate them to go do it instead of um, me saying, hey, I'm Dr. Bailey. You know, people call more people call me Kendrick now than they did <laughs> before I had my doctorate. And so I think it was just for people to see, hey, a person, a guy like this that experienced different situations and the other people, when they looked at him for face value, hey, he may not look like much, but then there's more substance to him and there's some depth that you don't see until, you know, you talk to them. And I think that's what most people, most people have a lot of depth to them, but they're so afraid to let people in that the mask that they wear stops them from really finding out the beauty that's within them. So how do you learn to take those masks off? Because wearing a mask, being a chameleon, you know, is commonplace because we're so yeah. afraid of the judgment of other people. Mm-hmm. How do you start to set those masks down to say, this is the real me um, mm-hmm. when you've worn them for so long? I think acceptance. So accepting that you may be flawed, but you're okay with being flawed, that you only have to be better than you were the day before is really what got me there is I had to accept who I was and, and just to work that no, I only had to prove something to me and I didn't have to prove anything to anybody else. And I'm not going to lie to you, Mike, I'm 40. I didn't really find that answer out until I was about 36, 37. And somebody in the military taught me that lesson. Not, they didn't teach me the way I wanted to learn. They they taught me through a toxic leadership environment. Oh, I, I really don't have anything to prove. I, I work hard. I do really good work. I take care of people. Um, yeah, I don't have anything to prove anymore. And at that point in time, I let go of the rope in that situation and, and stopped playing until the war. Because I tell people sometimes in life, in order to win, you have to let go of the rope. So I let go of the rope, which represents the struggle relationally in that instance. And I stopped fighting something that wasn't my fight. Hmm. So let me get this straight. It was a toxic environment, toxic situation, you said, right? <laughs> and yet yes. from that, you learned this valuable lesson about, you know, just being satisfied with who you are, that you're okay with you. Is that right? Mm-hmm. Yes. So how, how do you pull something like that out of a situation where somebody, you know, it, it might be a toxic person, it might be a toxic situation. How do you pull out something that gives you clarity, that helps you to see you in a better light um, where other people would just be bitter and, and frustrated? Well, I, so I started to pay attention to, you know, I guess the why. So in this system, the more I did, the more it was scrutinized. And it was, it wasn't, so it was with that person, but it was with several people. Like the more I gave, it was like, well, you just want to run the show. It's like, no, I'm doing this because we can't fail, you know, but because I didn't want, and that's where their father 
type archetype of kicking in because I didn't want us to fail by letting it fall to somebody else. You know, what I did, you know, I, I was getting promoted and I said, well, I really don't need this position anymore. So the guy that was under me, I put him in charge and I went and did something else. And that was the only time and probably in the history of the military that, that, you could write your own ticket and say, well, I'm not going to do this anymore. I'm going to do this. I've, I've never experienced that in the military until that position because I was fighting so many struggles and I was like, well, maybe I just need to change what I'm doing. And so when I change what I'm doing, freedom. Hi, Coach Mike here. Hey, thanks so much for listening to the Living Fearless Today podcast. Man, if you're struggling with your worth, feeling you're not enough and playing small, honestly, this isn't your lot in life. There is more available to you beyond this podcast to help you uncover your worth, feel respected, be confident, and play bigger in all areas of your life. Grab a time at highcoachmike.com forward slash book a call to set up a complimentary session on where you're at today, who you want to be, and how you can live the life you've been desiring. Again, head on over to highcoachmike.com forward slash book a call and take that first step towards your life transformation. And so how did you come to the realization of like, that's so con counter like intuitive because it's like, I must do more, especially if Mm -hmm. you're talking about, you know, like the, the father wound or trying to measure up and, you know, fill the gap there. Um, how did you go about like really realizing that? Because it, it is so opposite of what you would expect rather than doubling down and investing more. How did that come about? Was it through conversations with other people or, or you just kind of went, I don't have any other option. Well, it's kind of what you said, the latter, knowing that I was never going to measure up to what someone else wanted me to be. So I stopped measuring myself by other people's standards because I was like if every of the things that I've done all said hey you did well you know you do this you know you you mentor everybody I was like well maybe people were really intimidated by the reach of my what I was doing is because I tried to pull everybody in because I'm a real family oriented person and I tried to make that system more of a family system when maybe that's not what that system was made to be Um, because it it rotates out so much. And so instead of trying to make everybody else happy, it just made me happy. And that was one of my, one of my bigger flaws as a people pleaser in the past is I always tried to make other people happy and bring the balance and stability when sometimes you just can't bring balance and stability to chaotic situations. Sometimes you have to remove yourself out of the chaos and then you get balance and you get stability. And that's what happened for me. As you were having the intention of helping everybody, of making everybody happy, did you see in stepping back, like it helped 
give growth to those around you, like that you weren't aware of or didn't expect? Like, did things happen in a growth, you know, in a way of growth for those around you that you were leading? So growth happened once I left and people saw what I brought to the table and saw, oh, this would you know, Kendrick was trying to do, or this is what he was talking about, or this is what he was showing me, or this is what was happening. When I took myself out of that situation, that's when everybody started growing because that's the piece of the enabling piece that I was talking about. Sometimes the giver is really enabling. And because I was so giving, I enabled the system. And the system was chaotic because of what I brought. And so I had met, I had met the intent of what I was supposed to do. And so it was time to transition. So whenever you, so that's another example, whenever you stay in a position too long. So whenever you stay somewhere too long and you don't leave when you're supposed to leave, it can be very chaotic. And that's, a, that's for me, that's a sign that it's time to move on. Cause like, transition positions, you know, probably every two years, you know, in the military. But even when you think about the personal side of in your personal careers or endeavors, by every 12 to 18 months, it may be a transition. It may stay in the same position, but you may get more responsibilities or some things may change because if they don't change, you know, you remain stagnant and you don't grow. And so the chaos in, in challenging this system was letting me know it was time to take the next step to move to another level, but appreciate that I didn't have to fight the same fights that I used to fight in the past because I only had to prove something to me. Yeah, you you uh, changed what your measurement was of your value in that. Mm-hmm. And, and then that, yeah, yeah. Go ahead, and, I'm and, sorry, Kendrick. No, no, and then I had to, that system taught me the importance of forgiveness too. That was exactly where I was wanting to go. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So that's where forgiveness really came from. Cool. So what did you find that you needed to forgive coming out of that situation? That, you know, people are going to be people just because I may grow at a faster pace or I I may look at things in a different way. It doesn't mean that what their process is wrong is I had to recognize that everybody had a process and I couldn't expect me out of people. I had to expect people to be who they were. And that's one of the things I had to learn. And and it kind of shifted the giver-receiver relationship too. When I stopped expecting me out of people, everything became different too. It became better. So, so in in working through the forgiveness, how long did that take, and what did you see as far as benefits that came out of that afterwards? So it took about twelve to eighteen months. Really struggling with that because I wanted to quit. I wanted to. Um, I became angry and bitter, um, and then. I had to think about what my wife told me. And it was funny. She was like, well, you chose to do it. I was like, you know what? You're right. 
was like, you're right. So she was like, you don't. She was like, don't complain about it. Because she's like, you could have done this, but you chose to stay and, and do this with your uh, the other group because you wanted to finish what you started. When you could have easily just went on and did something else. So I did choose that. And it taught me a valuable lesson. You know, don't stay too long. And understand that, you know, I own that process because, you know, I was the one that chose it. You know? And you've talked about forgiveness and bitterness. So if I have unforgiveness towards like a parent, my wife, you know, a coworker, you know, friend, how does bitterness tie back into that and come about? So I guess it, it goes back to the hurt that you may have experienced from that situation or that relationship. And then um, with the bitterness, it all, I tell people bitterness always sits in when people gave more of themselves than they were supposed to. And so when you look at the, you know, forgiveness and you look at bitterness with relationships, um, you look at, have you ever offended anyone? Have you ever hurt anyone? And you put yourself in, in their shoes sometime and understand that that person became who they are because of other things that may have shaped their lives. So their family dynamics, their rearing, all that contributed to who they are now. And so you give them some grace, you know, so you're not letting them off the hook for what they did, but you are giving them some grace by saying, yeah, this happened. That's the humanity in us. Sometimes we offend and we hurt people knowingly and unknowingly. And you can, if they apologize, that's great. But people don't have to apologize for you to forgive them. And if you can forgive someone without them apologizing to, to you, I think you've taken a significant step that hardly any people experience because you don't need that physical person to tell you something for you to reshape your next steps. And most of the time with forgiveness, we're looking for some, we're looking for the apology. And most of the time, or sometimes they don't happen. So can you forgive if you never get forget if you never get an apology? And then I always tell people, even though some people may disagree, I say true forgiveness equals forgetting. So it's not that you're gonna forget the memory of what happened, is you forget to keep looking to the past and focusing on it and re-traumatizing or re-triggering yourself over and over. Because that pain was real. But for you to be the best, can you shift that pain to purpose? Because all pain has a, a purpose of it. We may not understand it while we're going through it, but something you know unique comes from it that once we tap into it, it gives us insight into everything. Because once you know pain, even if your pain is different from the next person's pain, you still know how to connect with that person. Yeah. It's, the it's, pain is universal. Right. Exactly. I don't think there's anybody that's gotten away without any. And so, yeah, we can all 
understand it and have that uh, that association. So what, as you've gone through your journey of, you know, forgiveness and taking ownership and, and stepping back and understanding your worth isn't tied to, you know, like the, the position or performance, like what tools or, um, you know, uh, equipment, you know, like mentoring podcast books, whatever the case may be, what are two, two to three things that have helped provide growth for you that, um, you know, have gotten you through those times. Okay. So it's, it was a good book for me that I read last year. It's called emotional intelligence. I mean, I'm sorry, relational intelligence by Dr. Darius Daniels. Um, it's a great book. Um, he, and he talks about different relationships, friendships, acquaintances, assignments, and advisors, and putting people in different categories and understanding how we can sometimes have people in the wrong categories, which it can often, and by putting people in their uh, perspective per category, the right category, can shift things to forgiveness. So I think that is, that's good. Um, I think so. It was a book. I, I so me and um, my business partner um, Terrence, we we went to a men's workshop for uh, it's called roundtable discussion for about a year, and the leader of the workshop was we kind of worked through the book boundaries no more. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was a great one that shifted a lot of what I'm doing. I guess with emotional emotional intelligence, relational intelligence, um, boundaries, uh, breaking patterns, and then I listen to a lot of different you know podcasts slash uh, sermons. I follow different people on YouTube, um, and so like Keon Henderson, Darius Day, T. Jakes, and it's a what's his name Scott. Future, I can't think of his name, but it's it's one of the guys. And I, like I said, I, I watch, like I said, I watch a lot of different sermons on. And the topic is what matters to me. So, the I watched a lot of things on forgiveness and um, guilt and fatherlessness over the the last you know few years that really was important for me um, because fatherlessness was a significant piece of why I struggled with my identity. And then this picture behind me, it kind of shapes a lot of what I do. So I tell people we're kind of like a blank slate. And as far as our identity, most of the people that I come in contact with have no idea who they are. And so over time, Throughout the process of learning who you are, everything starts to take shape. So you get eyes, you get ears, you get a nose, you get mouth. Um, so you find your voice, you connect with your heart, and you start to fall in tune. But until we discover, you know, who we are, you know, we're more likely going to be confused and, you know, be prone to make errors in judgment. Um, because we don't really understand where we came from as far as really digging down relationally, you know, who our parents are 
and then how they became who they are, but then how their interaction, whether um, overwhelming or underwhelming, how it shaped us or impacted us. And I think that's what is kind of shaped what I'm doing uh, a lot now. And it's kind of helped me understand a lot of things. And then you know, it was um, this, this um, it used to be a professor over one of the seminary schools, Dr. Bruce, and he's back in Mississippi now. We spent about a year with him, just talking with him and meeting with him over coffee um, about some things. Sam Bruce's name. He has like Sam Bruce Ministries. Um, but a lot of the things that he was showing us focus on true north. And true north is you being aligned with what you were destined to do or what you were called to do uh, from a spiritual standpoint. So I see kind of what I do as a therapist, you know, to me it's a gift. Because just like playing musical instruments is a, is a gift, I think what I do is a gift. And it's not so much school talk, it's more experience talk and, you know, more of the spiritual connection um, that I have that allows me to do what I'm doing now. Because in the past, I was afraid to really, you know, hone in on those skills of things that I was feeling because maybe, you know, it wasn't what I was taught in school. And so a lot of things I had to unlearn as far as the book and really just tap into raw emotions. Yeah, no, I get that. And I know that was was a long one. No, I'm sitting here going, man, we can go in so many different directions with what you're sharing, you know, about the getting your eyes and your nose and everything and talking about the mast earlier. I'm like, we can go a lot of different directions, Kendrick. I I love talking about mast. Listen, I was a chameleon at one time. I I can wear some mast. Yes, I understand. It's who's in the room and you play to that that strongest person. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I'd love to say I've just read about it, but uh, no, nah, man, that's that experience that you're talking about. Yeah. So I feel it. Yeah. Well, Kendrick, how can people get in touch with you outside of the podcast here? So if you want to find me, um, I have an I Progress page on Facebook. It's called I Progress. And uh, we have over probably 100 videos that we went live in the past and just spoke on different topics. So that's one way to find me. Um, you can find me on our website, um, iprogress.cc. Um, iprogress.cc. Uh, we also have an Instagram page that we're not heavily on as far as iprogress. And, um, but and people can find me on Psychology Today. They also can find me if they have a platform on Zoom. I do a lot of workshops on there. Um, and, and they're really cost effective. Nothing I do on Zoom is more than like $20. Um, and I typically be on for like an hour, hour and a half with, with people um, because I'm I'm building what I call building the things that I want to do or things I want to come to fruition kind of step by step. So the things that I'm doing with, with men and fatherlessness, there's going to be a workshop and eventually a podcast to that. Um, I have um, a no junk food conversations. It's kind of like what we're doing t- today is us having real talks about different topics. 
And I, that's typically like an hour and a half. And then I have a combos with couples where we talk about real life um, relationship, you know, conflict. And the picture that I use is, you know, tug of war, battling with the, the, the rope. As we do that, because um, a lot of times relationships are a power struggle. Um, and it's once we really are submissive to one another and we understand what submission is, is we remove you know, our ego and selfish ways out of relationships and do what's best for the relationship and empower one another. That's kind of what I talk about as far as submission. You know, most people think, hey, I own you, you own me, I'm in control. And that's not submission. It's not by control. Um, And so I have fun with that. So, you know, look forward to you know, hearing, you know, kind of what our progress is doing on a bigger scale um, over the next six to 12 months. And and then um, I try to take every opportunity to jump on any uh, podcast that, you know, give me, I guess, the ability to share, you know, kind of my experiences. Um, and I'm thankful for that because in one season, I wasn't on any. In this season, I've been doing a lot. And uh, so I think it's a blessing. Yeah, most definitely. And I appreciate you joining me. Um, and like you said, submissive is very different. Uh, like what you're talking about, where people are thinking they're under the thumb, that's subservient. That is yeah. not at all what we're talking about here. Yeah. So it's it's to the health of each other, not the detriment. Yeah. Yeah. So, well, Kendrick, thank you for, so much for joining me, Sharon. You know, like the, the forgiveness and the mirror and the lessons you've learned uh, really appreciate it. So thank you for joining me today, my friend. Uh, I, th- I thank you for having me. And like I said, anytime you want me to come back on, I'm game. I, I have fun. It seemed like we've only been on a few minutes and my time has flown by. <laughs> exactly. Well, thank you, my friend. Uh, thank you. Thanks so much, my friend, for joining me on another episode. If you found the information within the show helpful, please leave a review on the platform you're listening to. It helps raise the show's visibility so other men can join us in breaking free. See you on the next episode. And remember to continue putting yourself out there. Have a great one.